This episode is brought to you by KX Pilates Cottesloe. From beginner to advanced, their modern studio has classes to suit you and your goals. It's Left of Field with Danny Kavanagh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Left of Field podcast. Off the top, I am going to say a big apologies for being away for the last month. A lot has been going on. You would have seen Left of Field has a brand new website. So why not type into your browser, leftoffieldpodcast.com.au and check out all the amazing information, episodes and discounts from our lovely sponsors. Promise you it is definitely worth it. But without further ado, let's just jump straight into today's episode. I'm joined by Nina Kennedy. Now, Nina is a Australian athlete who specializes in pole vaulting. She has been to the world championships multiple times and she's actually training now for the Olympics. She is ranked 20th in the world and has recently set the Australian record. So I hope you enjoy this chat with the lovely Nina Kennedy. Hello, Nina, and welcome to the Left of Field podcast. How are you going today? I'm good, thank you. I'm currently in Sydney in lockdown, so as good as I can be, hey? <laughs> I know, COVID times, once we think we're all safe and we can travel around again, it has other ideas and it puts you into a lockdown, but just a three-day lockdown for you over there, is that right? Yeah, it's nothing too hectic. Hopefully everything kind of clears up soon and we can get out and just train like normally, hopefully. Yeah, so it's been a big few weeks for you. Why are you over east at the moment? What competitions are you there for? So I competed in Brisbane just over the weekend and, yeah, it was just a tour, you know, domestic meet that we did and we always do. Obviously, COVID has made this year a bit difficult, but, yeah, it was the second competition I've been to over east. Yeah, just happened to get a few cases, so now I'm stuck here, but that's okay. <laughs> it sounds like there's a lot going on in the background too. <laughs> a lot of, oh, really? A lot of sirens. Oh, okay. Sorry, I just, no, I just you're good. to close the door. <laughs> <laughs> it would be silly of me not to say congratulations because just a couple of weeks ago, you broke the Australian pole vaulting record. Tell me about that competition. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was my first ever domestic meet. So it was really cool. It was kind of nice to get out of Perth. There's not much of a athletic beer in Perth. So to actually compete in front of, you know, a really amazing crowd in Sydney was epic. It was like, oh, this is what competing in front of a crowd looks like. So it was really cool. Like I said, I broke the Australian record, which has been like a long time coming for me. I've wanted that record for so long. So to finally have it, really nice. <laughs> so you jumped 4.82 metres and you did that in your first attempt. Can you talk me through the day? Were you feeling confident leading into the jump? Yeah, I. to be honest, I was. I had attempted for, I had attempted the record at every competition I had done in Perth prior to Sydney. So, and there were really great attempts in Perth as well. So I knew that as soon as you put me in front of a crowd and, a, you know, a really big, great competition, that record was going to be mine. So I just had a really nice feeling that I was going to jump well that day. So you only need 4.7 to win the event and qualify for Tokyo. So you did that very easily. So congratulations. And you also <laughs> Thanks. 
also eclipsed your personal best, which was 4.77 and went up to 4.82. Did you think you could go that high? In all honesty, like I did, you know, I'd done such a great training block over COVID and I was just in really great shape. How has COVID really affected your preparation then over the last few months? I was just speaking to someone earlier about this, you know, and COVID was honestly like a blessing in disguise for me personally. I know there was a lot of terrible things going on around the world. I had to say like, you know, in Perth, we weren't really affected by it at all, so It just gave me a lot of downtime. You know, I couldn't train. We weren't allowed to jump. So I was just doing my own thing, hey? Like, I was going on these, like, really long beach walks and just really, like, thinking about what I wanted out of the sport and the things I had to change and, yeah, just what I wanted to achieve out of it, right? So it was a great time to reflect. Sounds like a bit of a mental refresh for you. How important is having a strong mindset heading into competition? It's huge. Like pole vault I personally think is like a 90% mental sport 10% physical it's you know if you're not switched on in the day if you're not in a good headspace like it's not going to work out for you so I've just really learned how to have a good head on me on the day of competition and throughout training so you know I've mastered that over so many years of being in the sport you know I've been in the sport for like 11 years now so only now have I really found out what works for me and how to use it to the best of my advantage. Another part of the sport, I guess, is pole that you use. A couple of weeks ago, Alana Boyd, the ex-champion, gave her pulse, which is what you <laughs> yeah. use to break the record. Was it weird jumping with a different pole or how do you go about that? Yeah, so pole vault is honestly so freaking technical, like really, really technical. So, you know, throughout a competition, I'd use about maybe six to eight different poles. So you're changing poles, you know, every single jump. So... Alana, I, I, I really needed new poles. Alana was the only person in the country who had the specific poles I wanted and it was going to be, you know, a lot quicker just asking her than ordering some new ones and for them to be made up. So I just asked Alana and, you know, she sent them over to WA from Queensland and, yeah, I had a few practices on them and figured out how they worked and, yeah, I used her poles when I broke that record. So, I seriously couldn't have done it without her. And, you know, she was a really big role model of mine. So it was awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Alana. (laughs) (laughs) And will you be taking those poles with you to the Olympics then? Yeah, I will. I'll jump on them from now on. So, yeah, they're good poles. (laughs) (laughs) You've kind of claimed them as your own. So at this Olympics, a lot of people are sceptical if they're actually going to go ahead. How are you feeling about the upcoming Tokyo Olympics? I'm feeling really positive, honestly. Like the Olympics, like, they're going to go ahead. They are. There's no way they can't anymore. You know, a couple of months ago, we were a bit in the unknown, but, look, they've said they're, you know, most likely going to go ahead and they've put all these strategies in place and, you know, no international crowds and at 50% capacity of the stadium. So it's going to be completely different. You know, we have to fly in just for our event and then have to fly home straight away. So, you know, not being in the village for three weeks. A lot of changes, but an Olympics is an Olympics, right? So no no matter what happens, like, it's still an Olympic game. So I'm just super excited to get there. Are you disappointed, though? There's not all the other uh, extras that are going to be going along? Oh, like, 100%. I've never been to an Olympics before. Like, this will be my first one. So... To me, it's like an Olympics is an Olympics and I think the ones, hopefully I I qualify for the 
ones in 2024, like that will just be such a shock because I'm like obviously used to a 50% crowd in Tokyo. But um, yeah, and Olympics is an Olympics and it will work out amazing, hopefully. <laughs> what's your goal for the Olympics? How, so what's currently the, you say, world champion, what are they jumping and how high do you want to go and how high do you think you can go? Um, so just to kind of put some height in perspective, a bronze medal at the last Olympics jumped 480. So I jumped 482 the other day and then 85 came silver and silver and gold. So girls can jump anywhere from, you know, 95, 495 to 460. You'll probably have to jump to make the final. So, you know, if you're jumping 480, 485, you're definitely pushing in the top, you know, five five spots, five positions. And, yeah, you're in there for a medal, right? So you're at 482 now, which could give you, say, the bronze. How high do you think you can go by Tokyo? I'd love to go a lot higher. I think I can jump 90. But, yeah, you know, obviously, like, with a lack of competitions currently, you know, normally we're overseas in Europe, you know, May, June, July. Obviously, this year that's not going to happen just because, COVID is still so bad over there so it's definitely a different preparation but yeah like I said I think I can jump 90 so we'll um we'll see if that happens (laughs) and so what is your preparation then if it's not competitions is it nutrition is it recovery what do you focus on oh seriously like there's honestly so much to it nutrition recovery sleep like all of that is just honestly in my day-to-day life like clockwork that stuff is yeah, I love I love all that stuff. So you know, obviously the, the main preparations are competition and just having really great training. It, like I said, it's going to look a lot different this year. We obviously can't go to Europe, so we're going to be based up in North Queensland. You know, where the weather's nice and it's hot, and we can have some good cra- um, training conditions. We'll have a few competitions up there, but it's definitely a different prep. So you know, the first time I compete against other girls that are jumping the same height and be in the Olympics. So it's crazy, but it has to happen. KX Pilates in Cottesloe has officially opened. And if you're a big Pilates fan like me, this would be music to your ears. Now, KX Pilates has been around for a while and the team at Cottesloe is ready to help you experience a revolutionary, fast-paced, high-intensity body toning workout in just 50 minutes. Their motto, workout smarter, not longer. Now, I've tried the classes here. They have some really great teachers who really give you quite the workout and you were left a big sweaty mess. They have brand new beds there that I actually haven't seen in any other studio and they're really cool. Plus, KX takes Pilates to a whole new level. You really feel the toning in all your muscles. My abs are always really sore. So if you want to give KX a go, why not use the code LEFTERFIELD and become part of the KX family? I promise you, you won't regret it. It is an amazing workout for all levels, whether you have never tried Pilates before or you are a bit of a Pilates freak. I hope to see you in some classes soon. How is your body going? How is your injury line thing? So far in this last year, it's been really good. Yeah, 2019, I... Oh, I probably had like five injuries back to back over probably like an eight month, eight month period. You know, I tore my hamstring, I tore my quad, I had two back injections, a cortisone. So just lots of injuries, one after the other. I guess that really made me learn and reflect what I was doing right, what I was doing wrong. So I've learned, I've grown up and 
I haven't had any major injuries in a while. Of course, you have little niggles here and there, but that's just all being part of an elite athlete, right? So when you had those injuries in so consecutively back-to-back over time, did you ever consider that maybe pole vaulting wasn't for you anymore? Never really considered that it wasn't for me. It was more like, what am I doing wrong? Like, why do I keep getting injured, right? So, you know, I sat down with my team and we really kind of figured out what was going wrong and we changed it, right? You know, so many different athletes do things so many different ways. So you just, you really got to find out what works for you and do that. What were you doing wrong at the time and what what did you have to tweak? I guess I had a coach who wasn't really, how do I say this? Kind of like, you know, older kind of coaches, they have their specific ways and things they they've always done and I guess kind of like newer fresh eyes and sometimes like what you need right you need someone who's young and has like current training to kind of see what works best for you so after after all my injuries I started lifting heavy weights like a lot of heavy weights a lot more often and obviously my body really really needs that so yeah just, just figuring out what works for you basically did you change coaches as well during that time once you worked out maybe what you were doing wasn't working for you? Yeah, I did. I changed coaches and, you know, my new coach now, he has a really great understanding of my body and what works well for it and, you know, we're a real team and he listens to me and I listen to him and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a great working relationship. So do you find that then if you're saying the older way of pole vaulting, how it, you know, the traditional kind of coaches and the way people trained and prepared their bodies compared to now has the sport changed a lot then in a short period of time and some people maybe just haven't adapted to that um yes and no like it really depends on who your coach is like obviously if you have like an older European kind of coach there they obviously do things now which you know they did back in their day which is very outdated like personally I think you know it works for some people but it also doesn't work for a lot of other people. So, yeah, you just got to find out what works for you. And so you've been around the sport for a while now, 11 years you mentioned before. How did you get into pole yeah. vaulting? I was re- I was a little athlete, so I started little athletics when I was maybe like 11 years old and I really, really loved it. And I was just at a state competition one time and my old coach was, you know, my old pole vault coach was there and he'd probably picked about 30 kids to you know, come try pole vault. And then from those 30 kids, you know, we tried, did some testing, tried the pole vault. And yeah, those 30 ended up to three kids and I was one of them. And I I started off like that. And what do you really love about the sport? What's made you want to dedicate, you know, your, your, all your time to it? I guess when you're good at something, it just makes it a bit easier, right? Like, I just, I do love it and I like the challenges that it gives me. You know, if you're you're not 100%, you know, in the right headspace or physical space, like, you're not going to jump well. So it really just forces me to be the best I can be, like, every single day. And so then on that, if you weren't doing pole vaulting, what else would you be doing? You know, who is Nina away from the sport? Who am I away from the sport? I'm definitely a country kid. Like, I love... I love being outdoors. Like, I love going hiking. I love going surfing. Like, I love going camping. Like, I love all that stuff. I've honestly been such a sporty kid my whole life. So, if I wasn't doing pole vault, I'd probably be doing 
some type of other sport. You know, I just, it's such a great lifestyle, you know, it's a full-time job, but you're doing what you love. So, yeah, I love it. (laughs) And so after you make a few more Olympics and there's a lot more time left, would you stay in the sporting? Would you turn to coaching or is there anything else that you'd love to give a go? Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, when you've been in the sport for, you know, that that long a time, I just have so much knowledge about it, right? Like, I'd love to get into coaching or mentoring or just, just to try and pass my knowledge on somehow. Yeah, and I bet good results at the Olympics. You'll have plenty to share. What I like to ask all my guests is, what is a motto you like to live life by? What are some words that you've either heard or you like to tell yourself each day to keep you going? That's a really interesting question, <laughs> and I like it. I think personally, like a motto for me is like something I've learned like a lot over the past year is just the self-love I give myself and how I talk to myself and my self-confidence. You know, being an, an elite athlete, you know, you're always comparing yourself to like honestly the best in the world. So when you're not that, you feel like shit, right? So yeah, I just really learned how to like love myself and take care of myself and just speak to myself like I would a best friend, right? So yeah, that's something I've learned a lot recently and I like to practice every day. That's lovely. And I, yeah, that's something we can all do. So maybe we can all say some nice words to ourselves after this. (laughs) Well, good luck with competitions coming up, all your preparation. And I bet everyone will be watching you at the Tokyo Olympics. We'll have to check in and see how you went. But thank you so much for giving up your time today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I loved it. Thank you for getting through another episode of the Left of Field podcast. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Nina Kennedy and we wish her all the luck at the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, If you've missed any of my previous episodes, why not head back onto Spotify or Apple iTunes and give them a listen. There's so many great chats with either AFL players or other Olympians. And so if you've missed my voice over the last month, why don't you go back there and give the page a little like, follow while you're at it. Otherwise, I will be back again next week. So thank you and goodbye.